0: All right, on the phone, I've got Senator Chris McDaniel. He, as you know, is running for lieutenant lieutenant governor here in the great state of Mississippi. Senator McDaniel, thank you for taking the time to do this with me tonight.
1: Man, I'm honored. I'm a big fan, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, I
0: appreciate it. Look, you're What happened to you back in, what was it, 2014 or so, is what really got me into politics and paying attention to what was going on around here. So this the pleasure's all mine. I'll just put this out on the front end. This is... I am biased. I am. uh, I am a Chris McDaniel fan. I'm a Chris McDaniel supporter. And there's a sign out in my yard. So I just put that out there for everybody on the front end here. So uh, nobody got to (laughs) wonder.
1: I love it. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. My neighbors got one too. I don't even know their names yet, but I know they're Chris (laughs) McDaniel supporters. I know they're good people.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Keep spreading the word. We'll put signs up everywhere if y'all want. Just let me know. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm gonna tell you.
0: uh, After last night at uh, Antioch, I'm convinced that. Brandon, Mississippi is McDaniel's country, McDaniel country.
1: Man, I hope so. I sure do like that place. I, uh, you know, ranking County, there's some good people in this area. And, um, I just, I love the state. I really do. And I, it's a pleasure and an honor to campaign across it. Uh, I mean so many good people and it's just, uh, these are great memories. I'll never forget.
0: Absolutely. Well, look, let's jump into it. I was at grip and grin this morning for a bit mm-hmm. and saw you there as you were walking in. And, um, There was somebody conspicuously absent today that was supposed to be there, and that was the current Lieutenant Governor, Delbert Hoseman. And I'm going to tell you, you don't rarely do you see a mayor with the stature of Mary Hawkins come out and say that it was like getting slapped in the face for somebody not to show up. But that was definitely the sentiment in the room. And when he sent his proxy up there, he basically got booed off the stage, which opened up a great opportunity for you to get up there and speak your mind and stuff
1: absolutely you know it's funny if you run for an office especially an office of that magnitude you owe it to the people to debate you owe it to be there i mean i don't know who he thinks he is but we're nothing more than employees that is we work for the people and this is a job interview i don't know why he would keep dodging the uh, the job interview uh, unless he just can't defend his record and i think that's it i think he recognizes to stand up there you have to answer some really tough questions and right now all he's doing is being really negative. You've seen all those direct mail pieces, you've seen the negative TV ads. I mean, the guy simply cannot run on his record. He spends all this time making up lies about me and I just pray people can see through that. I pray they understand that we've been begging for a debate for four months and he simply will not do it.
0: I honestly believe that people do see through it, and the track and the record speaks for itself. And uh, he would have got asked some tough questions, because, again, I saw where Mayor Mary of Madison got up and asked, and she asked you the same question. In all fairness, will you protect Madison, and I'm going to say Rankin County, too, from judicial redistricting that could negatively affect them?
1: Yeah, Rankin and Madison counties, we don't have any better folks in the world, and what they've created up there, especially in Madison, in so many ways, is just a really special place. And Rankin can make the same claim. And they're, they're very similar. They have a community of interest. And so those districts belong together. Those counties belong together. Delbert got caught. He was trying to strike a bill whereby Madison especially would be pulled away from Rankin and be joined judicially with counties over there like Holmes and others. The problem with that is, and look, I'm not trying to be terribly political here, but let's say it. So many of these prosecutors and judges are liberal, and they're liberal, and we're seeing the Justice Department, especially right now with Trump, become politicized. Madison doesn't want Democrats as judges. They don't want Democrats as prosecutors. We need law and order and structure, and you're not going to find that in some of these counties. But thank God for Madison. Thank God for Rankin. I'm going to do everything in my power. No, I promise you this. We're going to maintain that judicial district at all costs. We're not going to let it be changed.
0: Look, I'm a lifelong Jacksonian up to two years ago. 43 of my 45, of oh, 43 of my 46 years in two weeks will have been spent in Jackson, Mississippi. I moved to Rankin a couple of years ago. I just couldn't take it anymore. But So I've seen what, what happens firsthand, had a front row seat it in Hines County. When you get the wrong type DAs and prosecutors and all that stuff in there, it, it doesn't work out
1: long term. And uh, heck, it doesn't work
0: out short term. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Everything the Democrats touch turns into a disaster. Whether it's Detroit or Jackson, wherever Democrats rule, we have problems. And, you know, especially in the justice system, for goodness sakes, and you literally have a situation where people are picking and choosing to prosecute based on politics. The law is supposed to be blind. We're supposed to do things because it's right as opposed to wrong. That's kind of what we're seeing, and so there's no chance we're going to let Madison be drawn into that. Madison has a very unique tradition, very unique history. They want conservative judges. They want conservative prosecutors, and they want law and order and structure, and we have to demand that that takes place. Look, man, I'm tired of the Democrats. I'm tired of them nationally. I'm tired of them in state. They've ruined enough of our country. They've ruined enough of our cities. We as Republicans have to learn to push back and fight for what's left of this country, but not just what's left. Let's get aggressive. Let's reclaim what's ours. Let's push back against those people.
0: Well, look, speaking of Democrats, let's jump into this. Will, yeah. will you put Democrats as powerful chair people of committees?
1: Not a chance. Not a chance. It's, it's ludicrous. The fact that we have 36 Republicans, only 16 Democrats in the Senate, the Democrats have no business chairing any committee whatsoever. They have no business passing any legislation whatsoever. We are fighting for the survival of this country. And the Democrat Party is a danger. It's a threat to our foundations and to our structure. No, they're not getting a single committee chairmanship. You have my word on that.
0: Well, you know, here's the deal we're a, sweet, we're a super majority red state or super red majority, however you want to say that. But we, we grayed out purple. So there, yeah. there,
1: there's no reason for that ever.
0: We're trending right. blue.
1: It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You think about these states, particularly the Northeast, out West, and they're such a big, bold color of blue, right? And then you have the Deep South, where we still have some red states. Mississippi should be the reddest of the red. But because of Gilbert Hoseman and because of Democrats he appointed, you're right, the ACU, the American Conservative Union, has uh, scored a shade of purple, almost more blue than red. That's embarrassing. If you can't stop liberalism in a state like Mississippi, what do you think you're going to stop it? This is our only chance. We have these small fortresses left in the South, Florida, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi. We better run to fight it yet. And if we can't save Mississippi, man, how do you save this country? It's impossible.
0: Amen. You've got, you've got some white liberals down there pretending to uh, be Republican, and they're, they're damaging Mississippi.
1: They are. They're weak, and they're soft. They may have the R by their name, but they're not behaving like it. And when you have a 36 to 16 majority, man, we should be passing everything we've ever tripped up. This ought to be the reddest of red states. But Delbert Hoseman and his Democrat friends are keeping that from happening. I'm asking for a chance to stop it. I'm asking for a chance for Mississippi to choose. If you want a Mitt Romney guy running the state, that's Delbert Hoseman. If you want a Reagan guy or a Trump guy running the state, that's Chris McDaniel. This is our moment for choosing. Do we fight back or do we just lay there and let this happen? I'm tired of getting pushed around by those people.
0: Yeah, my friend Kim Wade says it best. He said when, when Democrats have full power, they make generational legislation, generational changes. Yes. When Republicans yes. do it, we're just going along to get along.
1: It's ridiculous. I don't know what's wrong with us. I mean, we have all these numbers. You're exactly right. We should be pushing every imaginable conservative dream we've ever wanted. The Democrats come to fight. I think we come to that. I'm not sure what's happening, but we better find some fighters soon, like Trump and others, to push back, or we will lose this country. And it sounds almost alarming to say those things, uh, almost desperate. But if you look at the news at night, and if you see the state this country is in over the last 20 years, you know, you recognize intuitively that we are losing control of this country. We better elect fighters. We better draw the line in the sand of these southern states and push back, or we will lose this country.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Uh, I I saw a post on Facebook yesterday. I mean, this is factual information. Sometimes when you say Facebook, people roll their eyes a little bit. But uh, our North Mississippi grocery stores are having their their teeth knocked out right now because Tennessee started its three-month tax-free holiday on groceries. Yeah. What can Mississippi do? to counter that. You know, and I never even thought about our North Mississippi neighbors. I'm here in Central Mississippi. We don't have that issue down here as far as being yeah. immediately that close to somebody that, that is convenient for me to run to Alabama or Louisiana to get my groceries if they're tax-free. But you live up in yes. South Haven. You can just scoot right across the line there and, and all the way across the northern border.
1: Yeah, the grocery tax is punitive. It's regressive. It, it literally punishes the poor. It punishes blue-collar workers. It's just not right. Only three states in this entire union still have the of proper, uh, grocery taxes that we have. Let's eliminate the grocery tax once and for all. We have the money to do it. We have record revenues in our coffers Now is the time to act. Let's get rid of that grocery tax once and for all.
0: Amen. I got, I got two more questions and I'm going yeah. to let you get out of here. I know you're a busy man. What, what um, are we going to do to fix the ballot initiative?
1: Uh, man, I tell you, it's one of those things that really irritates me because the people of this state have a right, a constitutional right to a ballot initiative process. And the reason we do that is, it starts with a concept called the consent of the government. The politicians are nothing more than employees. We work for the people. If we're not being heard, in other words, if the people aren't being heard, and we're blocking legislation, we're uh, circumventing their will, the people should have a right to get around us, a right to pass legislation as they see fit. And it's really easy. It needs to be a process that's efficient and fair statutory amendments for constitutional amendments it can be made a bit more difficult naturally because to amend the constitution should be slightly more difficult but you have to give the people that voice delbert hoseman has killed that bill every single time and in fact he's insisting on provisions in that bill that make it impossible to pass anything i mean you could have something like that in writing but if you make the signature requirement so high it practically means nothing the people control this government, not the politicians. We've got to give them back that power. That's a day one agenda item for us.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned day one and I kinda of lied, I got two two more things. Um, day yeah. day one, what does a lieutenant governor McDaniel session look like in January? Day one, what we're doing.
1: Day one, first thing that happens is the income tax is gone. The income tax and the grocery tax. We're gonna to work to eliminate both of those. Day two or day one day one and a half, I suppose. The woke culture is being attacked. I am sick of these kids being brainwashed in universities and colleges. I'm sick of them being indoctrinated in the school system. I have two kids, a 16 year old and an 11 year old. What we're gonna do is we're gonna make darn sure under no circumstances that these professors are gonna brainwash these kids. If they insist on continuing, we're gonna end tenure and bring them home. The same goes with these teachers in these schools. My wife's a teacher, my mother-in-law was a teacher, Their job is to teach the subject so our kids can have productive lives, not to brainwash them talking about 50 genders and all this nonsense, sexual orientation stuff. Clay, there are two genders, not 50. And I'm sick of these kids being brainwashed. And if they can't clean it up, we're going to walk in and find new jobs for those people. So, look, the woke culture... Has to end here in Mississippi. And we're going to put an end to it once and for
0: all. And these are things I love to hear. And I know my listeners do too. All right. So here's in closing here. I want to come to this pro-life stuff, this abortion clinic. I grew up in South Jackson. I have used to have to pass by that den of murder every day, twice a day going to and from home. And to find out later in life, that our current lieutenant governor who claims to be pro-life who claims to be a republican i mean the bar is set mighty low from what i unfortunately expect out of somebody having an r by their name having not owned an abortion clinic or been a vice president of an abortion clinic at some point is on that very low list of minimal things that i would like for a pro-life lieutenant governor not to have been a part of you know so when, when when he says that or when we find out that he was you know the vice president and i think you made a quote had a quote saying whenever you've been representation for companies in the past as a lawyer, you're, you're not on the uh, LLC as a vice president, something along those lines.
1: Exactly. Let me tell you about that. And think about this, in 1973 Roe versus Wade comes down from the Supreme court, a terrible, tragic disaster decision, right? Well, coincidentally, three years later, here this clinic pops up. Let's not kid ourselves. That clinic was here to perform abortions. But wouldn't you know, Delbert Albert Hoseman who claims he was the lawyer for the clinic, listed himself as a vice president. Now, folks, here's the thing. I've been a lawyer a long time. I have, I've created LLCs and corporations uh, my entire life. You don't list yourself as a principal officer. That's nonsense. No lawyer would do that. He did it because he was the vice president. Now, here's what's crazy. He then depends on the word of the abortion doctor to somehow free himself from those claims. Clay, man, the least credible human on the world, in the world, the least credible witness in the world, is a man that would kill babies for a living. I don't believe a word he said. So get this. The abortion doctor claims with a straight face that Delbert left there in 81 prior to abortions being uh, permitted. Well, bear in mind, we've got testimony from two women that claim they were offered abortions there in 1979, but I digress. Let's catch him in the lie. 81, he says Delbert left there. Well, we have a document in 1989 that shows Delbert still listed as the vice president of the abortion clinic. He can spin this, turn it, twist it, lie about it all he wants. The documentation proves unequivocally that he was the vice president of an abortion clinic from 1976 until 1990. That's unforgivable. First of all, why would you be their lawyer? Second of all, why would you ever, under any circumstances, list yourself as the vice president? He was making money. He was profiting from it. And that's just wrong. It's unforgivable.
0: In no other walk of life would we accept the testimony of a baby killer as no. a, 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 as being rock solid. We, would, we, we wouldn't even list it. We would, we would stone them to death. We would.
1: It goes to show how desperate he is. Think about this. The, the, the abortion doctor is a supporter of his. I can promise you this. I don't have any abortion doctor supporting me. Like, you understand what I'm getting at here? He was so much of a supporter. He was willing to lie for it. He was his business partner. He was the vice president with him. It's not even sensible to get this. I have participated in lawsuits involving abortion clinics. But guess what? You know who I defended? I defended pro-life Mississippi. And I did it pro se. I've never, unlike Delbert Hoseman, uh, supported or uh, was a vice president of an abortion clinic. In fact, I fought for the pro-life position. I fought for the babies, and I fought for those people fighting for the light side of the issue. Look, he can spin it all he wants. From 1976 to 1990,
0: he was the vice president of an abortion clinic in Yep. Chris, uh, your website's chrismcdaniel for lgcom People can find out there. But I guess at the end of the day, Tuesday, August 8th, we need everybody to yes. get out there and pull the lever yep. for McDaniel.
1: It's our time for choosing, y'all. If you want to turn the tide in this state, if you want to push back against liberalism, We can do that with one vote August the 8th. Bring your friends, bring your family, get out there. and Let's get this done. I promise you I will fight for conservatives. We will turn this state around. I promise you that. All
0: right. Future Lieutenant Governor Chris McDaniel, thank you for taking the time tonight, brother. Have a blessed one. And uh, let's get back and do this again after the 8th.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Thank thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: All right. That was Senator Chris McDaniel. We appreciate him taking the time to do this interview with The Clay Edwards Show. And for my listeners here, it's something special I've been working on, wanted to put together for you guys, and I thought no better time than the present. Be sure to listen to The Clay Edwards Show every Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM WYAB. You can stream it worldwide at WYAB.com. Or you can always just download the podcast and listen on demand. At your convenience, it's posted by 10 a.m. every day. The show that just went off the air. And, of course, follow me on social media. Search Clay Edwards or Save JXN. That's Save Jackson across all social media platforms, including YouTube, Rumble, and more. You guys have a blessed one. And don't forget, get out, vote, August 8th. Again, I'm... I am very biased. I am a Chris McDaniel supporter, and I have been for a long time.
1: Get out. Vote McDaniel. August 8th. Stay blessed.